Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, joined this week at the Victorian Pride Centre by Jack Cringenen. How are you, Jack? I'm doing all right, Rachel. How you been? Good, good. Just sort of getting back. I feel like we're all getting back into the swing of back things. Back the swing of things. Because, I mean, I, I feel like we were... It's taken us a while to recover from... A, getting back into the swing of real life, just normal life after the last big lockdown here in Melbourne, I suppose. Um, but then Pride season was really like straight after. So it was just bang, bang, bang. Just a lot of events. I mean, you just finished up the, um, I believe, the LGBTIQ Regional Women's Forum mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, yep. How did that go? It was great. You know, it, it's so great. You know, when you, you know, as as city queers, mm. you know, we can live in a bit of a bubble in some ways and, and really, you know, think of, I guess, regional Victoria as something that we visit for chill out or, you know, um, Bendigo Pride or if, if, you do, if you do go to those things. Mm. Um, and, but there are, you know, a whole raft of issues that um, uh, LGBTI people face who live in regional and rural areas that just don't affect us at all. Mm. So it's always great to just, you know, to hear basically their side of the story. So yeah, it was a really interesting forum. Interesting, yeah. Um, I mean, I've in my portfolio of work, we've really just been um, ticking along as usual in South Australia, but we do have uh, the uh, AIDS candlelight vigil, I believe it is, coming up. Um, it's going to be, if you are listening in Adelaide, um, Radelaide, City of Charges, uh, 15th of May, uh, 5.30 to 7pm, and you can find more information uh, on that on the SAMESH website, S-A-M-E-S-H. Um, that's not on this episode. Actually, before we get into what's coming up this episode, um, we are actually coming up, I imagine, pretty soon to that episode. Uh, Cal was kind of kicking around for a while on Sex Over 50. It is now. Um, so, indeed, if you have any stories on, because we, we don't, I feel like, speak a lot about um, sort of sexuality, um, kind of that experience after a certain age. Um, and Cal was kind of keen to discuss that a little bit more. So if you are indeed having sex over 50, let us know. Well, well, well at joy.org.au. And you can also send any questions uh, or suggestions for topics for us to discuss on the show. Uh, but this episode, what are we covering, Rachel? Up next, we'll be joined by Del- Dr. Ellie Bellew, who is going to tell us all about Mindful in May, which is all about practicing mindfulness and meditation. Now, Jack... Do you practice mindfulness? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> it's just sort of like I can sleep when I'm dead. I just keep on going. There's so much stuff to get done. Uni, work, freelance. Why stop now? Um, I can't say that I've ever... I've been recommended to look into some sort of meditation, you know, apps or whatever else. <laughs> 
Truthfully, the last time that I took advice from a doctor, it actually went well. They were like, oh, maybe couch to 5K. And I was like, that actually kind of, um, I think that physical activity really helped, um, especially through some of the longer lockdowns through last year. Um, since then, I have been recommended some mindfulness and meditation apps that I have not looked up. Um, what about yourself? I do, and I have been practicing for a number of years now, but I do feel like it's something that I have times when I do it on a very regular basis mm. and times when I don't. And I always... Do you notice a difference? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> and every time I'm doing it regularly, I'm just and, and I'm much calmer, much mm. more clear, uh, much more, you know, less quick to, to anger, all of these things. I just feel like, you know, a general more peacefulness and, mm. and, and, and happiness, really. Just the tools to be able to navigate the the to and fro of day-to-day life, right? It's, and it's like just having some uh, uh, sort of a rational perspective, you know? Like, and, and we, Not no, always there as much which, as we'd like is, it to be. No, which is not always there <laughs> with me at all. And every time I'm, I'm on a roll of doing it, I'm like, I wasn't, and then I lose that sort of, you know, mm. routine and go back into my old ways. I'm always like, what, why, what? So, yeah, so for me, I'm really interested in, in chatting to... Uh, Dr. Elise Bellew today because um, I just really would like to find out, you know, how do we keep these really great beneficial practices up for ourselves? So, Absolutely. Yeah, and really I, interesting. I, I believe um, Mindful in May is, uh, it's running at the moment, obviously. It's May. Wow. Um, wow, it's May already. Uh, but uh, you can check in, uh, you can start the program basically up until May 13. Uh, the earlier you get in, the better, and it is an online program. So it's uh, open to everyone. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Um, but yeah, all of that's coming up uh, on this episode of Well, Well, Well. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. Dr. Elise Bellew is a mindfulness meditation expert, a doctor trained in psychiatry, social entrepreneur and published author who's on a mission to improve the well-being of our society and our planet. And she is also the founder of Mindfulness in May. Welcome, Elise. Hi, great to be here. Now, first of all, really basic question, what exactly is mindfulness? So mindfulness is an ancient practice, 2,500 years old, but it turns out that science is showing us that it's actually a very effective practice to make sure that we are using our minds at our best and really get the best out of our minds. So we can do mindfulness through meditation or there are other ways to bring it into everyday life. But essentially, it's a practice of training the brain to be more present and focused in everyday life so that you can respond to all the things that come up in your day with greater wisdom, greater effectiveness and less reactivity and sort of less emotional reactivity. Um I've got here uh, on my run sheet, Rachel, that there was a uh, Monash study um, talking about the, the benefits of mindfulness. Can I guess what sort of came out of that study? Look, there are so many studies from all over the world that speak to the benefits of mindfulness. I mean, the, it, it's an endless list, but in terms of we can, we can look at the mental health benefits to start with. So we know that mindfulness when done regularly has been shown to actually reduce the chance of people relapsing in depression that have had multiple episodes of depression. We also know the science speaks to mindfulness and anxiety. So we know mindfulness has 
helped reduce anxiety symptoms for, for many people across multiple trials. Um, but on a day-to-day level, it's really we, we know that mindfulness has a very powerful effect, a powerful effect on reducing our stress levels, and and that actually has a transformative effect on the body. So, for example, we know that chronic stress not only ages us more, it actually affects right down to the level of our DNA. So it, 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 it affects what's called the telomeres, makes them shorter, which is a bad thing, which um, basically accelerates aging. And we've seen through the research that mindfulness, when practiced regularly, actually can help repair those telomeres and, and lengthen them again. So, I mean, that's just one of many studies. Uh, in fact, we at Mindfully May over here, we did a collaborative study with Monash University and we looked at how much meditation you need to do to get the benefits because obviously we're all time poor. We want to know how much we have to do. So we looked at actually doing 10 minutes of meditation a day over one month, which is essentially what the Mindfully May program provides and, and we studied the Mindfully May program. And the research showed that even just 10 minutes brings significant benefits to people. So participants described greater focus, greater presence, uh, an increase in positive emotions and a decrease in negative emotions. And we used what's called the flourishing scale and we found that participants that were even just doing 10 minutes a day at the end of the month had a greater greater rating, um, higher numbers on their flourishing scale. So you, let's just mention then Mindful and May. Can you take us actually through what, what this is? So Mindful in May is a global online mindfulness campaign that I started 10 years ago and we aim to make mindfulness meditation super easy, super accessible for even the busiest person. So people sign up to the program, it's annual event, they get daily guided meditations delivered to their inbox that are about 10 minutes a day so we're not asking a lot of time and they also get video teachings from some of the world's leaders in resilience in stress in meditation and these teachings give people specific tools and hacks to bring into their daily life to really become more mindful and the great thing about this campaign which is 100% online so whether you wherever you are on the planet you can do it it we're also raising funds for a really important cause and that is the cause of clean drinking water so not sure if you listeners know but one in nine people on the planet at this moment in time can't access clean, safe drinking water, the most basic thing we need as humans. And so how it works is when you sign up for Mindfully May, you pay a small registration fee and then you're invited to make an optional donation and all it takes is $50 to bring clean water to one person for life and transform their life forever. So this campaign, it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's a clear mind for you and then you can produce clear water for others. On that, uh, I guess, 10 minutes of uh, mindfulness that... Uh, is part of that program, I guess. What uh, changes day to day um, can pe- can people expect to see mm. after signing up for mm. the program to get mm, delivered? Great. I believe into their inbox. Yeah. So when you're doing these guided meditations, we have meditations that are around managing anxiety, managing stress, falling asleep better at night. But the day-to-day benefits, they really come in an accumulative way. It's really similar to physical exercise. So we know that when you start going to the gym, first of all, it can feel downright awful and you're so exhausted. It takes a week or two to start feeling those benefits of increased energy and vitality. And the same is true with meditation. So it takes a short while to kind of get the benefits. But eventually, you'll start to notice that 
you know, when you get stressed out, suddenly you remember to pause and you have a, you start to develop a completely different relationship with your thoughts so that your thoughts don't actually stress you out as much and you can stop and you can assess the situation with a much calmer, clearer mind than you would with a mind that is untrained and, and unfamiliar with mindfulness meditation. And other things like in our relationships. So, you know, people, it's been a high stress period and often, you know, when we're overly stressed, we can show up not as our best selves in relationships and a lot of emotional reactivity. And mindfulness, again, we, we know from the science, actually develops the parts of our brain that are responsible for managing emotions. So, for example, if someone makes you angry and you want to, you know, type out an aggressive email because you've got no control over yourself and you hit send and then you regret it. Mindfulness can help you take a pause at that moment and just breathe through that feeling and not act on it. So these are really important life skills to have and we know from the science that literally mindfulness is changing the brain in certain areas, specifically the prefrontal cortex, which is really important to help us manage our emotions. Uh, as far as the feedback that you've gotten from, because I, I believe Mindfulness in May has been, you, you said running for something like 10 years. Um, 10, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for people to go through a month-long program, you kind of likened it to going to the gym where it's kind of garbage early on and you start getting the hang of it as you go. When do people start to get a sense of uh, that mindfulness, that meditation having an impact? Is it a few days in? Is it a few weeks in? Is it at the end of the month? Mm. When do they start to mm. notice? Look, it's different for everybody. For some people, they sit down and on day one, they find that the meditation has helped them calm their nervous system and immediately they're feeling a sense of calm. For other people that are very racy and they might have never done meditation before, they sit down and they want to just crawl out of their own skin because there's so much restlessness. And in the program, we go through all the different steps of overcoming those challenges. So it really is quite individual. But I would say after a couple of weeks, most people are finding significant benefits. And, and you know, the, the, we've had thousands and thousands of people go through this. And, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. We have people coming who've been doing it for 10 years. They come back every year to the same program, which we change slightly each year. So, it's you know, people have said that it's the beginning of their um, meditation habit. In fact, we've had Magda Zabanski, who was our ambassador for many years. She's a total Mindfully May addict, <laughs> and she, she, she ascribes, um, mindfully made as being the real clincher that helped her start and really sustain a meditation habit. Here on Well, 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 Jack and Rachel are in the studio speaking with Dr. Elise Bellew uh, about mindful uh, mindfulness in May, um, which has been running for 10 years. Uh, you said that there are some people that, um, Elise, come back uh, every year. How many people do you typically get uh, on the program each year? Oh, we get tens of thousands. We've had thousands of people, and we have people from you know over sixty countries participate. And um, also over the over the years, we've raised over a million dollars for clean water projects all over Africa. So it's a really inspiring project that not only helps us develop these skills, but also changes the lives of so many people across Africa. Elise, uh, just to change your track for a second here, you have a background in psychiatry so I'm just wondering how did uh, mindfulness actually start for you? Yeah look I've been practicing mindfulness for many many decades um, I was fortunate to be introduced to it from a young age from a, from my my mum but for me it was really whilst I was practicing psychiatry I was starting to bring mindfulness into the clinical practice and 
I was really astounded by what I was seeing with the results. So people that were experiencing really severe depression started to have new possibilities open up. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is so powerful. Um, I want to kind of find a way to offer this in a really accessible way to, to, to a massive amount of people. And so it started off as a personal practice. And then I found, you know, working as a doctor in general in emergency departments, 24-hour shifts, I found that the practice was really beneficial in helping manage my own stress and then I was teaching it to others in clinics and found it to be really effective and then, you know, went to different conferences and started to hear the world leading scientists sharing how the research was showing the practice to be changing our brains. Like, for example, this was quite stunning, this piece of research. We know that people that suffer anxiety disorders, if you put them under a brain scanner, the part of their brain called the amygdala, which is kind of the worry centre, the fear centre, is actually larger in volume. And what they found is through this really interesting piece of research, if you do mindfulness for two months through a particular program, they put people under brain scanners and they found that the amygdala, the worry stress centres, actually got smaller, which suggests that you know less worrying and less stress was happening for these, for these anxious people. So just as a scientist, it really was or inspiring for me that this practice which looks like a whole lot of a whole lot of nothing is having such a transformative effect on the body when done regularly I mean it, it's certainly been a, a, a few years of, of um, difficult times let's say um, how can we use mindfulness to, to try and get back on track Well, again, you know, so much of what there's, as you say, there's been so much suffering and external stress in the world, but a lot of the stress that we experience gets amplified by what our minds do with this external stress. And mindfulness, it really is a vehicle to greater resilience. And God knows we all need that at the moment because how it works is it helps our minds not get so stuck in the thoughts mm. that, that go through our brain. And, you know, stress is essentially a whole lot of thoughts that are uncontrolled, that we have no control over, that are kind of proliferating. So mindfulness helps us recognize when we're getting stuck in a particular chain of thought and it gives us the space to go, hang on a sec, this is really not helpful. I don't. Going down this line of thinking is just stressing me out. It gives us a choice point and it really helps us become master of our minds rather than slave to our minds, which are being yanked around every minute of the day by by a million thoughts that race around 100 kilometres an hour. Now, what I'm really interested in is that you wrote a book called The Happiness Plan. It seems like a rather ambitious uh, task <laughs> there, Elise, but could you tell us a bit about this book? <laughs> Look, the book emerged because Mindful in May happens every year, but then people were getting frustrated that they missed out on Mindful in May and they said, oh, well, you know, how can we do this? Do we have to wait another year? So the Happiness Plan is a one-month mindfulness meditation guidebook, essentially, that brings together all of the science that has inspired me and helped me get a regular meditation practice into a book. Um, and it also includes guided meditations in that book. And really, I think working as a, you know, trained in psychiatry and working in psychiatry for so long, I was working with people that were at the worst, you know, they were at their worst and what I really wanted to do is write a book that would give people resources to start training their minds, to build their minds and build greater resilience so that when stress happens, we have greater tools to actually manage what's going on rather than completely spiral downwards. And that's not to say that mindfulness is the be-all and end-all, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a big 
promoter of medication when needed. But I think it's really important for us as humans. It's inevitable that we're going to be facing stress across a lifetime. We need inner tools to, to meet these stressful times, not just wait, you know, wait there until things get so bad and we fall into such a heap that, you know, we need to be admitted into a psychiatric clinic. So that was the happiness plan was really born out of that desire to bring the science to people about what we know. We know that just like if you want to be a brilliant piano player, you've got to practice your scale. If you want to have a mind that is functioning at its best and a mind that knows how to, you know, ride with the waves of, of the stress of life, you need some tools. And we don't get that manual when we're born. We don't even get that manual at school. This is something that we all need to go out and learn and start to practice regularly so that we have tools at our disposal to manage the stress that is being human. Now, this is really the crux of the problem, though, is I know for me, as someone who has meditated for years, uh, sometimes more regularly than, than others, and th- what that point you made then, it's not just something that you employ once, you know, uh, the, 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 um, the trauma or the challenges are all there in front of you. It's something that you keep going on a daily basis, but that's the really hard part. Um, what can you do to actually make sure that you do, you know, keep it up as a daily practice? Mm. Well, first of all, that is exactly why I created something like Mindfully Made because for people who are already meditators that might have fallen off track, having a global community in real time to do it together, I find community is everything to keep people on track and it really gives people that energy and momentum. But I think, you know, having people in your life that can hold you accountable is key. So you might find a friend, and, you know, say, you know, make a meditation buddy and you text each other at the end of each week or find a community where you can actually join so that if you fall off track, it's not going to be long before you, you know, go to that community and, and, and then get back on track. I run an ongoing meditation membership after month from eight. It goes forever. It's been running for five years and we meet every month and there's conversations online. And so that really... I find that really helps people stay on track. Um, just like, you know, with, again, coming back to exercise, sometimes people pay a personal trainer because they just need that accountability. It's all, I think, around accountability and community. So finding people that are like-minded that can support you in doing it is really helpful. And also knowing the science and the research that I spoke of earlier, that it's 10 minutes a day every day is better than trying to do 40 minutes and then only doing that once every two months. I think we tend to really underestimate the effect of small, regular practice. It can be a little bit uh, difficult to try and get into the swing, but once you actually start, um, it, it gets easier as you go, certainly. I guess, what are some of the the more profound changes you've seen in someone um, to come from practicing mindfulness and meditation? Mm, look, we, you know, as, as you've discussed, that it's really when people get into crisis, this is the time that they often reach out and look for things that can help them. We often get people coming to Mindful in May who have had you know, significant loss. They might have lost a loved one. They've, they've lost their job. Um, they've been diagnosed with an illness. So this kind of thing. And, and for those people that come in that level of crisis, we've seen incredible changes. I mean, there was one woman who came, her, she suddenly lost her husband and had two kids. She wasn't sleeping at night. She was so highly anxious. And she really, uh, she really thanks Mindfully May for helping her learn how to get back to sleep again and, and manage some of that anxiety. So we've had, you know, really, really big, um, really big input from people about how, how it's helped. 
One of the things that I've experienced um, when I've been in meditation groups over the years is that some people just say, this is not working for me. Uh, they, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, doing... Um, um, clinical plays or something but it's, just, it's really sort of like tiny tiny shifts that you can't feel and so if you people think if you're not feeling something straight away that it's not working how do you suggest people sort of get over that hurdle mm. Mm. I, I really think a few things number one just like anything you've got to find the right teachers and the right support because there are a lot of people out there teaching meditation and, and not everyone has had the kind of in-depth training it's kind of like yoga you can go to multiple yoga classes you could go to one yoga class and have a teacher that's done a five-week course and not really like it and then tick that off as oh yoga is no good for me so i would suggest that doing your research and really finding the right course or the right teacher is really important and then after that i would say that the benefits of meditation are often not felt necessarily directly in meditation there are things that start to happen. We've had participants describe, wow, like I thought this wasn't working and then the other day, you know, someone cut in front of me on the road and I would have normally gotten really angry at that. But I actually stopped and I paused and I, and I, and I sent some loving kindness out, which is one of the practices we do in the month as well. So often the, 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 the changes happen outside of the meditation. But I think, again, the analogy to exercise, you've got to be patient there are, there are ways that our minds have been working habitually that are untrained and it takes a little while for those neural pathways to, to change. And I would say, you know, one of the most common things that people raise that's an obstacle is people say, oh, I can't stop my mind from thinking. I'm terrible at meditation. And it's a really big myth that you need to stop your mind from thinking, that you're, you're never going to be able to achieve that. And it's certainly not the purpose of meditation. It's meditation, mindfulness meditation is more about starting to become aware of what's present and witnessing the mind and having that greater capacity to let go of thoughts when they're, when, they're, when they're coming into your mind so that you, again, become master rather than slave to the mind. To be honest, that's a hell of a promise to be able to say, oh, you know, after some mindfulness, you might, not, you might be able to deal with driving in Melbourne. What a concept. <laughs> um, I, I guess if people are keen to find out more um, about mindfulness in May, uh, where can they go and uh, how long do they have to, um, I guess, start the program? Sure. So Mindful in May, it starts on the 1st of May, but it runs through the entire May. So people can sign up still until the 13th of May. So they go to mindfulinmay.org. They pay a registration fee, make an optional donation to the clean water cause. $50 is, is enough to bring clean water to one person for life. And then they'll get the, the emails in their inbox, the guided meditations, the video interviews, uh, and that's that's how they do it. I, for one, am sold. The second I'm getting <laughs> off this interview, I am going to be signing up for Mindful in May. Elise, thank you so much for joining us on Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9 tonight. And, um, yes, I guess I'll see you online. <laughs> Great. I look forward to it. I look forward to hearing how you go. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. And that uh, is another episode of Well, Well, Well. Big thanks uh, again to Dr. Elise Bellew, uh, founder of Mindful in May. Indeed, if you want to check in uh, around any questions or suggestions for show topics uh, that you have, or if you want to tell us about um, 
I guess, the perception or the experience of sex over 50 as well, uh, you can email us well, well, well at joy.org.au. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all we've got. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being. Presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.